Hi, thank you for joining me today. I'm pretty excited about what I'm talking about. I don't know how to condense it down because I'm going to be 90 and I'm going to tell you my whole life. <laughs> so go out and get yourself a big cup of coffee <laughs> or whatever. But thank you for, for listening. I would like to share uh, what it's like to be witness to when you're not a Christian. And I want to share my experience. And uh, I hope it will help you, uh, some of the struggles I had. And I'm praying that if you're listening and maybe you have uh, made a commitment, but you're not sure if it was deep enough or prayed through enough or all kinds of reasons of struggles, that's I really felt led of the Lord to go through my my background because I am a non-churched uh, salvation. <laughs> you know, if I had to be saved at church, I'd be lost. Uh, and thank God there's people that believe that you can reach people outside of the building. And I thank God for that. But I want to share my story. Uh, I grew up in a, it was a decent home until um, I was in junior high. My sister was close to junior high when my dad began to be an abusive alcoholic. And so our junior high and high school years were very, very unhappy. Um, we were both non-churched. Uh, our family was not anti-Christian, they just were not Christians. Uh, you know, do the best you can and all that kind of stuff. Well, <clears throat> when I um, got out of, of high school and my dad was still an abusive uh, alcoholic, I had no direction. I didn't like school. Uh, and I, I graduated uh, come lucky. <laughs> uh, you know, my grades, if I got a C, I was excited. <laughs> my mother was not. She had been a school teacher. <laughs> she said, you can do better than that. And I cried, Mom, I thank God I got a C. I thought I was getting a D in that class. But uh, <clears throat> so I was not a, a student. And I had no direction. Graduated from high school and didn't know what I was going to do with my life. In fact, I didn't give that much thought to it. I just knew I needed a job. So I went and got a job with an insurance company. Now, uh, our insurance companies are important, uh, but working for that company, I thought if I stay here much longer than a year, I'll join my dad as an alcoholic. It just, it, it was a very boring whatever. And I thought, if I have to do this the rest of my life, I don't know what I'll do. So <clears throat> I, uh, I wanted out. Um, and at that time, I don't know how my mom, my mom found out that Cedar sinai which is the great Jewish hospital that half the, half of the people, there were movie stars that were in that hospital. It was really top-notch, very expensive hospital. We had suites of rooms in the hospital. At least you could get a three-room suite, one for 
the secretary, one for visitors, and then one for someone to die in. But uh, it it was amazing. And uh, I went there to learn to be a rhinconologist. Doesn't that sound good? Well, simply an x-ray technician. And uh, so I was there for a year in training. And when I got there, things changed because all of a sudden, my life was helping people. And everything up to that time, high school was not helping people, insurance company, you know, looking for files, uh, probably was helping people, but it was too far removed. I couldn't make the connection, but all of a sudden, and I know this was God's preparing me, you know, for uh, his coming into my life because I had no purpose before at all no reason to go on. Uh, And now I realize I liked it. And I tried to figure out why I liked it. And while I was there, a number of us decided that we needed more training, not in rhinconology, because that was an eight hour a day, five day a week for a whole year. Uh, It was to be a lab technician, to do the blood, Uh, urine and processing all of that because with the two you had a better chance of getting a job for a doctor because you could do both you could do the x-ray but also do the the lab work so we did that and I liked that uh, because it was helping people and all of that uh, was preparing me which I didn't realize that that whatever I was designed by God to do had to be with people uh, because that's what finally gave me some excitement about life. I tried suicide when I was 15. So, you know, there was no, I had no purpose. Well, I was between, I graduated from Cedar sinai I graduated from LA City College and uh, I didn't have a job. And I was now, um, what, 19, 20, uh, somewhere around there. Uh, And my cousin from Seattle came to visit. And it was just at the right time because I wasn't in school. I wasn't at the hospital. I wasn't at the college. I was in between. And he showed up in between. I want to share how how God works in the in-betweens. And God knew that for me to hear about God at all, I had not been to church. I was afraid to go to church because I saw some churches where you put your hand in water uh, before you go in and then do something. And I wasn't sure if I would go the right direction or whatever. So I wasn't going to go. <laughs> you know, I didn't. You know, I didn't know what do you do when you get in there. Some people kneel before they sit down and some people don't. I'm going, I I, I just, it's too complicated to become a a Christian, whatever that is. Well, so I was in between and my cousin came out from Seattle and he brought some guys with him that were called navigators. And I had no idea what they were. I thought probably had something to do with the ocean. Uh, 
but little did I know what these guys were going to jump all over me with Bible verses. <laughs> and uh, so that's the first time someone ever shared Christ with me was these guys that came out and see the headquarters of the navigators at that time was in Pasadena. And um, and I we live not that far from Pasadena. So our house was close enough for them to come and and begin to share Christ with me and to share verses with me. Uh, I thought they were a little too religious, uh, a little bit too pushy, um, but I listened um, because when you get these navigators together, I mean, one by himself is more than enough. <laughs> you get two or three together and you're going to be... Uh, verbed with Bible verses to death, you know, beat on the head with scripture. But I really liked the way they dealt with it and they shared with me. And um, as they were sharing about Christ and all, I was glad that they were religious. And I told my mom, uh, they're really nice. They seemed to be really nice. And they were around my age, you know, they're up to 20 or so. Uh, some had uh, were going back to college. It was their break or whatever. But as I was listening to what they were saying, uh, I know that God was building something within me. And what I want to say, first of all, is that if you have an unsafe friend or whatever, don't get too pushy. And give God space to work. You know, uh, just allow him. Uh, I was not convicted by people. I was convicted inwardly by the Spirit of God. And they weren't convicting me, you know, to, um, you know, how much have you given to the church? I said, I haven't even been in one. How much have I given or whatever? Well, <clears throat> as I around these guys, they were sharing Christ wherever we went. If we went to a restaurant, they would share Christ with the waiter or waitress. Um, and I'm going, can't you guys talk about something else? <laughs> Isn't there anything else you can talk about? But they weren't pushy, but they did it with concern and care. I was amazed. Uh, they weren't running through a list of six things or whatever but they were showing concern for this person. And so I'm seeing people showing concern for people. I hadn't seen that. And I was amazed. Here, these are guys my age showing concern for people's future and, and all. Well, I want to get into the salvation part of all of this because this is, is really vitally important. So the first thing, as they were sharing and I was listening, uh, and then they turned it to me. I mean, I was hearing them share with others, and I was in on it, but it wasn't like focused on me. Well, it began to be focused on me, and one of the struggles I had was um, they said I was a sinner. It's like, what do you guys know? <laughs> you know? Uh, I just, I struggled with that. 
my dad, yes, he's a, a abusive alcoholic, and I'm not abusive al alcoholic. That I would call a sinner, <laughs> but I'm I'm half decent. You know, I I just had a very difficult time. Well, I'll tell you, you you're not going to seek Christ until you know you need Him, and I, I was good enough, um, and so they were trying to figure out how to show me that I was a sinner. Now, I'm going to tell you, but Paul's going to put on someone that dealt with this as a video afterwards. But it was, um, what do they call that now? Bridge. Yes, it was the bridge. They talked about the bridge. And they would, in a restaurant, they would take an ink pen and, and draw it on napkins and stuff. So I was watching them. I'd be with them getting coffee and they would draw in. It's a bridge. It was like there's a cliff on one side, cliff on the other, and a big chasm in between. How you get across? Well, you're going to need a bridge or something to get from one side to the other. So I saw it, but still I didn't connect with it. And finally, the fellow that literally led me to Christ uh said jim let's say you and i and he wasn't that much older than me he was going to be a, a missionary with navigators to germany um but he said um think about it if we were at the grand canyon and we're going to jump across and we both run now he said, I, you're, I was pretty good physical shape. I wasn't 90 years old at that time. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, he said, you know, I could probably run and maybe I could jump further than you. I said, maybe we could. And he said, but what happens when we're trying to jump across the Grand Canyon? And I said, well... <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to go down and we're going to crash. And he said, that's what I've been trying to tell you. Sin is missing the mark. Sin is falling short. And I need the only way that I, I mean, how do I get to heaven? I don't, when I die, how am I going to get to heaven? It's out there somewhere. I mean, I could, wander around for eternities looking for it you know, or or whatever that i i needed to have a guide and the only way i was going to get to god because god came literally to save sinners and i didn't qualify because i wasn't a sinner and so I had I, the one thing they knew that they had to get across for my salvation is to deal with my self-righteousness. You know, I wasn't as bad as or this person and I didn't do drugs in high school, you know, all the stuff I didn't do. Um, and so I was pretty, pretty lost, but they did not give up. But when we did the 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 jumping. Across the Grand Canyon. It didn't make any difference how much better shape I was in 
than the guy I was jumping with because we both missed. And somehow that picture got me. I began to see what they were saying. The scripture, I mean, they use scripture. You know, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so all those verses, they gave them to me. But but my sin wasn't as badass. Uh, so he said, you get out four feet more than me. You're still going down, Logan. <laughs> I'm just, that, that, you, you know, all the good you did isn't enough. There's got to be more than that. And that began to convince me that I was a sinner. You, you cannot become a Christian until you're willing to admit that you're a sinner, that you need the Lord, you need God in your life. And so once, and that took a while, I mean, it just didn't happen overnight. So, you know, if you're witnessing someone right now to someone that just, if, if you can use the bridge and Paul will show, show you a track on it, it can be very, very helpful because you can draw it. It's simple. You can do it on a napkin or whatever. Uh, because the scripture says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So the thing they pointed out to me was that maybe I didn't sin as bad as someone else, but I would still miss. I still wouldn't make it because all, you know, all of my righteousness, uh, of course, they didn't tell me it was just filthy rags. But the scripture said that, you know, I'm letting all of the good things I did and, and, and all to get in the road. And of course, that's the enemy getting me to focus on, well, I'm not as bad as that guy and I'm not as bad as this guy. And how did I know in a restaurant or we get coffee that they were witnessing these people? How do I know? Maybe he was worse than me. <laughs> I, I have no idea. And so the, the first thing in order for a person to become a believer and for me to become a believer is to know I was lost and that without Christ, I was in trouble. And finally, they, they, they got that to me. Now, what I'm going to get to, remember I said I want to share with you every time we get together a new verse. Because each one of these verses I'm sharing were a vital part of my not only becoming a believer, but being established as a believer. Because here I am, I'm, I don't have a job. I'm trained as an x-ray and a lab technician. I'm going to be hired to work in a doctor's office. But what I didn't know was very shortly, I was going to be drafted into the army. So God, God saw that this was the open window for me. This was the time that, that the Lord became very real to me, and I was going to have to do something about it. Um, you know, joining something was not going to do it. Um, you know, if you're a sinner and you join a church, you're just another sinner in that church. <laughs> You know, it doesn't do anything for you. I mean, I was baptized as a baby and I still sinned. <laughs> so uh, I, I want you to um, deal with this next thing. And this is, is vitally important. It was 
hard for me to, to know I was a sinner. But the next thing I had to deal with was even harder. Now, the navigators have verses. This is the verse pack, and it has verses. And the first verse in here is the verse they used when I accepted Christ. So I'll be sharing what verses they gave me after I accepted Christ to grow and to be able to be established because I didn't realize that I wasn't going to get to church. You know, I was saved outside of church. Uh, there was no church that preached the gospel or even close to the gospel anywhere where I lived. Uh, and the army is not what you call uh, a very conducive to godliness. That's not what they're about. And so God came at that that one window of opportunity in my life between where I was in training because I was at the, at the hospital all day and at night at the city college taking blood and lab. So if they'd have come any time during that, I would have had no free time to be with them. But God knew because I had no Christian background in church background or whatever, that when you don't have any of that, it takes a lot of groundwork to get you ready to see that you really need to receive the Lord. So I knew that I was lost. I knew that I was a sinner and no sin can come in God's presence. And um, that began to bother me uh, because being around these guys, I, I, you know, I know that they were saying the truth. And uh, so what's going to happen? What do I do? And so they said that I needed to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, for some people, and I've led people to Christ, sometimes they don't have, I don't know why I had so many blocks to understanding all of that, but I did. I, I, it just wasn't easy for me. I'm lost. I'm going to go to hell. Uh, if I die, um, I would pray, God, um, I don't want to die. I don't want to go to hell. Uh, give me good health. <laughs> go to sleep at night, wake up in the morning rejoicing. I woke up that uh, I didn't die during the night because I would be in hell. And so the verse that he used actually to lead me to Christ is the verse I want to give you and I want to explain the problem that I had with this verse. Now, it's a wonderful verse. It's 1 John 5, 11, and 12. And this, the verse is, and this is the record. But what's the record? The record is the word of God. Now, if I had a Bible here, the record is the Bible. Uh, this, yeah, it's just, it's, I want you to know that there's a lot of scriptures. Uh, I, I've got the verse in front of me. Uh, my secretary is trying to find me uh, a Bible. Uh, of course, we're a Bible counseling center, but we don't have Bibles here. <laughs> but anyway, so here's, here's the Bible. Uh, and the problem with the verses was, it's not a problem now, 
But in those days, they only had one set of verses from one translation. And the translation was the old King James and with the old English. And so the verses became very difficult because I didn't say those words, you know, I didn't say the, I had to say the and thy and, you know, all of that to memorize it perfectly. But let me give you the this verse that they gave me for the assurance of salvation. I want to tell you that when they gave it to me, I had no assurance. I had prayed and asked the Lord to save me, but I had absolutely no assurance because when I got on my knees and uh, we prayed together and I asked Jesus to come into my life and to save me, I got through praying and he said, well, and I said, well, what's supposed to happen? Because <laughs> I, nothing happened. I was still the same guy. Um, I had no feelings. I thought getting saved and having God come in your life would be, wow, you know, I'm going to be just really excited. I didn't know what, but nothing, <laughs> it's absolutely nothing. And <clears throat> I mean, I've led people to Christ and they're weeping and everything. I'm not weeping. I'm going, he, he said, well, tell me what's going on. He said, I said, nothing, <laughs> nothing happened. I prayed it, but nothing happened. He said, what did you expect? Angels? I said, I don't know what I expected, but I thought I would feel something. I thought I'd have, you know, maybe a, a holy feeling or something but I didn't have anything. And I, and I, I, I may have been the first one he dealt with that ended up like with nothing. Uh, and so this is the verse he gave me. And this is a wonderful verse because you're going to find I'm not the only person out there that when they receive the Lord, it is a non-emotional experience. And this is the record. What is the record? The Bible. That God has given to us eternal life. I believe that. Then the next goes on the, with, this, with this verse, because it's two verses, 1 John 5, 11, and 12. And this is the record, you know, that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that hath the son hath life. And he that hath not the son of God hath not life. Now that's a wonderful verse. He that hath the son hath life. So I prayed and he said, okay, Jim, uh, what happened? I said, nothing. <laughs> and I'm, I think I knocked them off kilter a little bit because so many people have some type of an emotional whatever, but I'm an emotional guy and God says, you're not going to have an emotional experience because when you wake up the next day and you don't have the emotions, you think you're lost again. You know, so my salvation experience was based on the word of God, not on my experience or my experiences or my feelings. This is extremely important. 
uh, because I could have been messed up for years as a believer and not even know it because I didn't have any e tremendous feeling or whatever. And so that I have eternal life, this life is in the Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that does not have the Son of God does not have life. That was a verse. So he says, do you have the son? I said, I don't know. Um, I, he said, I didn't ask you, do you feel anything? You ask God for his son to come into your life and to save you. Is God a liar? It's not God's will that any should perish. So you ask God to come into your life. What's, what's going to happen? I said, well, I guess he's going to come in. Uh, is it going to come in? He's going to come in. He said he would come into your life. And he's there and you have eternal life. And he said, what's the problem? I said, well, I don't feel any different now than I did before I prayed. And I expected to have some type of an emotional, I'm very emotional. <laughs> I needed a good emotional experience. And God said in heaven they were talking let's not give this guy an emotional experience because what happens when he wakes up the next morning and he doesn't have the experience well i gotta pray again and ask god to save me you know again and again and again and so i'll, I'll tell you i'm so thankful for the navigator that worked with me because he said is god a liar you ask the Lord to come into your life and save you. But God withhold him when you were praying totally from your heart and as hard as I could pray. And I said, no, I don't believe so. Even though I haven't read a lot of, uh, of the Bible. In fact, at that point, I didn't even own a Bible. Uh, but I did have a verse. <laughs> you know, I did have a part of the Bible. And <clears throat> I looked at that verse again and again and you know is god a liar no is god a deceiver no the devil's a deceiver he brought that out quoted a verse on satan said that god's not a deceiver god's not going to deceive you he said if you had an emotional experience a really deep emotional experience and tomorrow you woke up and you didn't have the emotional experience would you think you were lost because I don't have that feeling anymore. So I needed that. He says, salvation is not based on feelings. It's based on the word of God and on the promises of God. And is God a liar? No. Okay. Do you have the son? I said, I hope so. <laughs> I know I'm frustrating him, but I'm being honest. He said, did you ask the son to come into your life? I said, yes. And to save you, yes. Would God withhold him? No, God will not withhold any good thing, you know, that we ask him and so on. And he, he's quoting verses from all over the place, grabbing them everywhere because he had memorized so many of them and dropping all these verses on me. He said, and this is, this is midnight. And he had to go back and... Uh, and tomorrow was going to be Sunday because this was a Saturday night. Uh, 
and he's at my house. It was past midnight. He was tired. I was tired. And um, he said, will you believe, because he gave me this verse, so I'd have this verse, this Bible verse in my hand. He said, would you believe what God said? You ask him for his son, and he gave him to you. And will you believe that you have eternal life based on the word of God, not on experiences or feelings? And I did, and I thank God for saving me uh, because I knew what he was, somehow I knew what he was saying was true, but I still didn't have any feeling. I had made that commitment, a verbal commitment to God and so on, but I had no feeling. And he said, well, what did you expect? I said, I don't know. <laughs> but since I'm more of an emotional kind of person, I expected an emotional feeling. And he said, well, you just thank God for saving you. He's not a liar. He that cometh to me, I will no wise cast out. And he's quoting a lot of verses, which I didn't have, but I knew what he was saying was something inside. When you hear truth, says that's true. And it was the Holy Spirit saying, that's true, that's true. Even though you don't have a Bible, you don't have but one verse. So I, he left and he said, I'll see you next week. I'm going, oh, brother. It's a long time. I want more assurance than I've got because I was basing my assurance on the word of God and I wanted to base it on feelings and emotions. And God knew that that's my weakness and he just couldn't let me. He, he would not give in to me. God did not give in to me that I had to get it settled that if I would come to God and ask him to save me, he would. He said he would and he would. So I went to sleep. He was gone. And the most wonderful thing happened uh, was that, number one, I woke up. That was wonderful <laughs> in my bed in Los Angeles. But when I woke up, I had a sense of being clean. I had a sense of the presence of God. I didn't have it when I prayed, but all the emotions were there the next day. So it was after I had already accepted that that was true, not based on my feelings. Now I was getting the feelings that I'm clean. I'm, I'm free. God has, I've been, you know, Drano couldn't do a better job than the Holy Spirit did. It was just a wonderful experience. It was so wonderful. I quickly got dressed and I went up and down the neighborhood punching the doorbells on Sunday, telling people I had accepted Christ and he had come into my life. I had to share the joy. I couldn't keep it down. I had to share with my neighbors that we, we lived on the street, you know, for, for the time I was going to public, you know, kindergarten or whatever, not quite kindergarten, I was third grade, all the way through high school. So they knew who I was, the screwball. And uh, so I shared with all of them. Well, this one family I knew really well, they said, oh, we're awfully concerned. I said, why? They said, I think I know what you've become. And I said, what? They said, a communist. And I said, I don't think that's what they call it. <laughs> I didn't have I didn't have a name, you know, I didn't have a name, but I don't think it's it. That's not it. But the joy that I wanted 
God withheld it until I was assured that my prayer was answered. And this was the, I, I had the cake and now he put the icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. So this is what I, I, I wanted to share this so much because we can't put, you know, salvation, you know, in a church, everybody goes down and they're weeping. Not everybody that goes down is weeping. Does it mean that they're not broken? No. You know, it, it, you just have to trust the Holy Spirit working in their life. Not everybody's experience of salvation is the same. The method of salvation is always the same. But what happens within the individual is personal. So I am so thankful because I have never doubted my salvation. And I've led people to Christ that have doubted their salvation. And I get frustrated with them. But I don't let them see that I'm frustrated. You know, how many times do you have to ask the Lord to, to come into your life uh, when you are sincere and so on? So uh, if you're listening, and I wanted this for those of you who maybe didn't have an emotional experience, base it on the truth of the word. Don't base it on feelings because feelings come and go. I mean, you accept Christ at night and you have the flu the next day. He's obviously gone. <laughs> or you get uh, whatever's going around. But COVID. Yeah, you get COVID, you know. <laughs> I got, I prayed to have Jesus and I got a Chinese thing instead. <laughs> oh, no, well, you know, this is, I, I just, I want you to have assurance. In fact, that's the title of this little card that they gave me. Assurance of salvation. He that hath the Son hath life. And I have the Son because I asked them to come into my life. And I see how God timed everything. You know, had these people come, I didn't know any Christians, born-again believers. I didn't know any believers, really. I knew some religious people, but I didn't know. But they came. God set the whole thing up that I was through school, didn't have a job, was available to be witnessed to by these guys because I had the freedom that I wouldn't have had if I was working. And after they left, I got a job working for a medical doctor. And I didn't work there that long, and I got drafted. So, see, God knew that I needed to make the commitment to Christ before I went into the service, and I did. And they, this is just the first verse, but it's 1 John 5, 11, and 12. So you can look that down because you're going to get another verse because there's, there were five verses that I got and those five verses, because I believe them, took me through the army, took me married, took me into Bible school, took me to be a pastor. They took me to the mission field to work in missions. And I was on the board of a number of missions as well as being actually in a mission for a number of years. Uh, so the beginning is salvation. 
that's where you start. Did God lay it out to me? I had no idea. God said, you know, you're going to be a speaker. I said, a speaker? Are you kidding? I'm shy. I don't like speaking. I don't like standing in front of people because when I talk, they're going to judge me and they're not going to like what I say. So why should I stand up there and, you know, give them a lot to criticize and so on and so forth. So God didn't give me the whole picture. All he gave me is I needed Jesus. And if I would pray and ask the Lord to come into my life and to save me, that he would. Um, and so uh, I trust that you're watching this video. If you haven't really committed your life to Lord Jesus Christ, you would do it. That's, that's what this is all about. You know, I'm going to go to heaven, and I'd like to see a few of you people watching me up there with me. I mean, not exactly when I go, but, you know, uh, there was a song we used to sing about. When I get there, I'm going to say howdy to everybody. I can't remember <laughs> shaking hands and say howdy to all these people in, in glory, <clears throat> you know, and I just hope that you can pull up a cloud and we'll sit down and you say, hey, Logan, I watched your video. And I realized I was trying to trust an experience and not trust the scriptures. And experiences are fine, but scripture is the basis. And that's what I learned from the navigators, even when I didn't have a Bible and I didn't even have a church. But I learned you trust the word, not feelings, not emotions, and not experiences. You trust what God said. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. So I want to ask you a question, if you'll let me. Do you have the Son? And do you have that assurance that you have the Son? If not, uh, try to, I hope you have a, a gospel preaching church somewhere around you where you could go and sit with a pastor or someone who really understands to help you to get the assurance of salvation. In fact, see, my assurance is that God is not a liar and that I asked him to save me, and God did. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have a, a shelf life. That was a long time ago. That was... Probably when I'm right out of high school, two years, I'd have been, what, 19 or 20. And I accepted the Lord. And I've never, after doubting with him, because I wanted an emotional experience, I have never doubted God's presence in my life all these years. And I know when I get to heaven, I'm going to be there. And uh, I hope you will be there, too. And we'll pull up a cloud and talk, okay? <laughs> Father, I just thank you for this time to just share my struggles and not fully understanding what being saved was, was not an, an emotional experience, although there can be emotions, but it was believing the truth and believing your word. And I'm so thankful, Lord, for you setting up for me to, to be witness to when I was between jobs, you know, between schooling, between 
It was just the perfect time. And you had it all laid out for me. I look back and I can see so often as I look back over my life, how you laid it out perfectly, but I wasn't aware of it at the time. So thank you, Father. And I thank you for those that are listening and will listen. And I pray that you can get a, get on the web with the navigators and they have these verses uh, in a little booklet called, I think, Beginning with Christ is the title of the booklet with a little explanation and the five verses. So we'll go on with the verses because these verses are important. Receiving Christ is not the end. It's just the beginning. So join us next time and we'll take the next step in our new walk with God as a new believer. In Jesus' name, amen. Did it make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what I really wanted it to and hoping that. Mm -hmm.